3, John chapter number 3, and uh, we got a couple of folks out today, Brother Craig and his wife Juanita are not feeling well, so pray for them, um, and uh, uh, Brother Sean Bowie, our Amen Corner, is out in North Carolina visiting his sons, and uh, so uh, you're going to see some uh, Brother Felix and Brother Tim back there greeting folks, and uh, Brother Tim, if you don't mind helping us with offering today as well, I'd appreciate that. Like, like not stealing it, but making sure it's collected. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, John chapter number three. And by the way, uh, I apologize in advance. If you see me looking at my phone, I'm not checking text messages. I left my uh, iPad at home. Uh, and so my notes for uh, Sunday school are on here, announcements and all that stuff. So uh, bear with me, if you will, with that. Uh, John chapter three. Uh, let me just say that it is good to be back in church. I missed being here Wednesday night, and by the way, that was a phenomenal lesson on Wednesday night. If you missed it, go back and watch it. Uh, I got a lot out of it. Me and my family had a lot to talk about as we were sitting there and, you know, trying to keep our food down. Amen. Uh, It was, uh, uh, what a a wild week. I'll tell you what, nothing makes you more appreciative of health than getting sick for a little bit. And I, I definitely appreciate my health a little bit more today than I did a week ago. I'll also tell you, last Sunday, I walked away from church, and I said, man, something is just off. I don't feel right. I told my kids, I don't know if I got my message across right, and and maybe half of you are probably like, yeah, you didn't do it. You didn't do it, but I I didn't feel right. Something was just off, and I kept thinking it was, you know, maybe something spiritual, and really what it was, I was starting to come down with whatever was going around, so uh, it is a blessing to be back with you guys. John chapter 3, look if you would. At, we talked a lot about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, and I'm uh, going to talk about uh, uh, some other things in regards to that, a little bit on that subject uh, yet today. We'll talk about uh, earthly things versus heavenly things. We'll talk about uh, some things in your Bible that are there for a reason in verse 13, but let's start in verse 9. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto you, We speak that we do know. Now, let me ask you a question. Uh, Jesus Christ is talking there in verse 12, right? Right? You notice he didn't say, I speak what I know. He said, we speak what we know. Did you catch that? Well, who's the we? We're going to talk about that in a little bit. All right? Uh, 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 And testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our, that's a plural possessive pronoun there, our witness. All right. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Now, what he's talking about is he's talking about, look, I told you about the earthly birth. I told you about the physical birth. Now I'm telling you about the spiritual birth. Now, if you can't get the physical one, which is the illustration of the spiritual, you're not going to get the spiritual or the heavenly or the eternal truth either. And look, look what he says in verse 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven. You say, what does that mean? No one has gone up to heaven on their own power. Uh, Elijah went up, but God took him up, right? Uh, and, and so Enoch was translated, but God took him so that he was no longer here on this earth. No one has ever gone up to heaven on their own power outside of Jesus Christ. You want, you want the proof of the gospel being true and the Bible being true and Christianity being different than any other faith on the earth? You know what the proof is? You've got a resurrected Savior, <laughs> And you've got eyewitnesses of that event. That's what makes it all different. No man, now listen, he's saying this before he actually does it. So this is kind of a prophetic statement. No man hath ascended up to heaven, uh, uh, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man. Now here's the curious statement. Look at the end of the verse. 
even the Son of Man, which is where? Well, that must be a mistake in your Bible, because he's on the earth when he says that. I can see some of your faces going, whoa, 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 what do you mean mistake in your Bible? I speak tongue-in-cheek, there's nothing wrong with your Bible, but we're going to examine that in just a moment. Uh, again, uh, starting with uh, verse number 12, talking about, or verse 11, rather, talking about earthly things uh, versus heavenly things, verse 11 and 12. Let's go, Lord, uh, in prayer. Uh, Brother Stephen, if you ask blessing on what we're going to do here in just a moment, brother. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, let, me, let me show you something. Look, if you would, at verse number uh, 11 again, and notice what is said here. We speak that we do know, and we testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. Now, when the Lord says we and our, there are uh, really, it, there's a primary application of that, and there's going to be a secondary one uh, in, in the future. In the moment when he says that, uh, he's talking about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's why he says we. That's why he says, our witness. Uh, if you want to see a good example of that, go to Genesis chapter number 1, very first book of your Bible. Go back to the beginning, Genesis chapter number 1, and you'll see this. Now, the problem that, that mankind has is that man tries to imitate God. The old, uh, the old I just watched a, uh, a, I don't want to call him a pastor, um, a, a, a clerical person uh, get up with the rainbow stuff all over him and, and say, uh, uh, you know, God is white, God is black, God is Asian, God is female, God is male, God is queer, God is straight, God is... And you know what he says at the end of that? God is you. You know what the problem with that is? That's satanic is what that is. Uh, it goes way back to the beginning in the garden. That's the temptation. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Uh, the old statement is this, is that in the beginning, God made man in his own image. And ever since then, man's been trying to return the favor. In other words, man tries to make God in his own image, all right? In other words, uh, uh, if God is going to be a certain way, he's going to be like me, right? Because, I mean, basically, that's how I would respond. So if I'd respond that way, of course, God would. Uh, and, and that's not, by the way, never assume that how you would respond to something is how God would respond to it, all right? R rarely is that the case because of human nature, all right? Uh, but look at Genesis chapter 1, and notice that the plural uh, uh, pronouns are used here as well. Look at Genesis 1, verse number 26. And God said, who said? God. God said, let us make man in whose image? Our, Our image. Look at verse 27. If you want it, the, the Bible interprets itself. It wasn't that God was talking with the angels or spiritual beings or anything else. God was talking to himself. And you go, that sounds weird. That sounds great. No, no, no. You have to understand the Lord is speaking to himself and there's a distinction there between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all right? And, and let me say it this way. In eternity past, right, it would have been the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, all right? The distinction of the Son is not given until he's begotten on this earth. But look at, if you would again, at verse 27. So God created man in whose image? His own image. So when he says our image, it's explained in verse number 27. You say, what, is that, what does that tell you? Well, when the Lord says our image, he's referring to the Godhead, all right? Um, well, look, if you would, at 1 John chapter number 5, 1 John chapter number 5, 
in your Bible. Now, I know we've talked about this before. Uh, there are uh, people that say this should not be in your Bible. Uh, there are translators that took this out of your Bible. And I would just ask you this question. How does taking verse 7 make your Bible? The way that modern Bibles are sold is that they're easier to read or they are more true to the original position. That's how they sell it. Uh, than your King James Bible. Let me ask you this. How does taking out verse number 7 make it any more clear to read? And how would you know, unless you study manuscript evidence, whether these guys are lying to you when they say that the originals didn't say that? Uh, and I'm going to give you some, some, some real proof for some of this stuff in a little bit. Uh, look at verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are what? One. One. All right, that clears it up, doesn't it? Now, that doesn't mean I completely understand it, but I'll tell you this, it clarifies the truth. And the truth is that the three are one. And people that have a hard time with that, can I just stop for a moment and remind you that you are also a three in one. You are a body, a soul, and a spirit, all right? And yet you are, you are one, there's one of you, but there are three distinctions within you, all right? There, is not, there are not three gods, all right, uh, there are different groups. I know Jehovah's Witnesses are, are among them that would label themselves as Christian faith people that do not believe that there are a, a, this, this, this uh, they go, the Trinity is a, a, a Catholic heresy that was made up. No, the, the, the word Trinity is not found in your Bible. Amen. We can agree on that. Neither is paycheck, neither is jerk, and yet here we are. Amen. Uh, there are a lot of things that are not in the Bible, but the, the, the doctrine behind them, the biblical truth behind them are absolutely there. How about this one? The word rapture is not in your Bible. But the Bible calls it the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's described in 1 Corinthians 15. It's described in 1 Thessalonians 4, John chapter 10, and so on and so forth. The, the, the doctrine is there. We came up with a word that we use to describe that doctrine. All right. So let me give you the, the biblical uh, word for the Trinity. It's the word Godhead. Uh, all right. Look at Colossians. Go to Colossians real quickly. Colossians. When Jesus says you receive not our testimony, that's what he's talking about. Uh, Colossians chapter uh, number one. Colossians chapter number one. And uh, I've got, there's one verse I already got. There's another verse I'm looking for, which is uh, the uh, image of the Godhead bodily. If you find that, let me know. Uh, but look at verse number 15, talking about Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible what? All right. And look at verse 16, talking about Jesus Christ, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, so on and so forth. Uh, and the idea is this, is that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Uh, the verse, and I, I can't find it right now. If you know where it's at, let me know. Uh, but it, it, it references the fact that he is the image of the Godhead bodily. And that word Godhead is a reference to what we would call the Trinity. All right, so go back, if you would, to John, John chapter number 3. When it says you receive not our witness, he's talking to Nicodemus. Well, who does Nicodemus represent? Yes, sir. Colossians, go, look, yeah, thank you, brother. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Apologies. Uh, it's in chapter 2. That's why I couldn't find it in chapter 1. Chapter 2, verse number 9. For in him. Well, who's, the, who's in him? What's it talking about? Look at verse 5. Look at the end of verse 5. What are the last two words at the end of verse 5? In Christ. In Christ. So we're talking about Jesus Christ. Look at verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the what? 
Godhead bodily. That's the Bible word for the word that we use, the word Trinity. If you want a, a Bible term for it, it's the Godhead, all right? Uh, thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Look at John chapter 3. So when, when Jesus Christ is speaking to Nicodemus, uh, he's saying, look, um, uh, I, we speak what we do know, and ye receive not our witness. Now, he uses the word ye. He did not say you. Now, that's important in your, in your King James Bible. Uh, the word ye is like saying y'all. All right, that's what it is, all right? And you would be you, <laughs> all right? This would be more of an individual statement. This is more of a group statement. Well, Jesus Christ is talking to one guy that's, that came to see him at night. Well, who is that one guy connected to? He's connected to the Pharisees. And so Jesus Christ is drawing a line in the sand going, you better pick which side you're on, son. And you're saying you don't understand this, and you're saying that you can't get this, and I'm telling you what the real problem is is that you're not receiving our witness. You see, that what, what the Lord is laying out here is this. When oftentimes, when you can't get something from the Bible, not always. Sometimes it's above your head because you're newly saved and you haven't learned it yet, and that's understandable. Uh, but sometimes, after you've been saved for a long period of time, and you approach the Bible, you go, I just can't get it. I don't see what the big deal is. All right, That's not an intellectual problem. That's an emotional heart issue. Those are two different things. All right, And he says, you, you receive not our I've had people, I sit them down, they go, okay, well, tell me about this preacher. I don't understand it. I show them all the verses. I, remember, I literally never forget one time, I had one lady sit down, I sat down with her, showed her all the verses, and she goes, well, I never learned that before. I said, good. And she said, but I still don't believe it. <laughs> I said, okay, well, it's a free country. You can do whatever you want. Uh, but, but you say, what's the problem there? It's not an intellectual problem. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't believe that, look at Romans chapter number one. Romans chapter one. The issue that you have when it comes to truth is not always a matter of, I'm just too dumb to get it. That's not always it. Uh, sometimes, you know, we're, we're, we're unlearned and we're ignorant. We need someone to teach us, and, and the Holy Spirit will lead and guide the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, but then sometimes it's a, it's an, it's a heart issue. Uh, when someone, listen, when I spend three months of our church's Wednesday nights teaching on music, and at the end of that, your response is, I don't get what the big deal is, I'm sorry, you have no excuse. And I don't back off from what I taught either. I believe it. I believe it's from the Bible. I believe that it's right. And I believe the way the world's going is wrong. Amen, amen, and amen. Uh, and so you say, what's the issue? Well, that's a hard issue. Now, don't come in. I'm offended. You know, listen, do whatever you want. If you're a preacher, I'm still going to listen to it. Fine. That's, you don't, it doesn't hurt me at all if you don't change. That's, that's between you and God. But, but, but please don't act like you can't get it. It's right there, right across home plate, waist high. You got it. You didn't like the way it's delivered, or you don't like what it is, all right? But it's there. <laughs> all right, look at uh, Romans chapter 1, and look, if you would, at uh, verse number uh, 20, 20. Yeah, verse number 20. For the invisible things, now this is talking about the Gentiles who did not, uh, basically where we're at today in society atheism, evolution, there's no God, we don't believe in God, uh, there's no way God could exist, you know, fairy tale for grown-ups, all that stuff. Uh, verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and what? You see the three in one in nature. All there's, there's you know, we, I know you've probably, some of you have heard this maybe for years, uh, the sun has different kinds of rays, three different kinds of rays for the sun. Uh, all kinds of things in nature that break down into threes. 
Well, where does that come from? Where does that order come from? Where does that design come from? Where does that structure come from? It comes from a designer. <laughs> and that designer happens to be a three-in-one. Now look at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. That's a spiritual response, not an intellectual one. Would you agree with that? All right, so watch it. Neither were thankful. That's a spiritual response. But became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish intellect, is that what it says? Heart. Heart. You know what your problem is? Your problem is not your mind, it's your heart. It's not your brain. It's not you can't get truth from the Bible. It's that you don't always want it. And, And I'm not just saying this to you guys. There are things in the Bible I don't like, but it doesn't mean I change the Bible to line up with what I want. It means that I realign myself and go, you know what, God, you are right. I am wrong. Uh, You know I don't like that, but it's right because you said it. (laughs) And and so uh, Nicodemus is having a little bit of a hard time here trying to accept this truth. And you say, what's the real issue? Well, the real issue is this. The real issue is that Nicodemus is trying to toe the line, like a lot of Christians today. He wants to be accepted by the Pharisees. But he knows that they're not right in how they're treating Jesus Christ. He knows Jesus Christ has got some truth that they don't have. And Jesus Christ is looking at him going, Ye receive not our witness. Our being a reference to God himself. Uh, look, if you would, at 1 Kings chapter number 22. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me say this. When you have biblical truth, do you know what it makes you? It makes you confident. When you are filled with and led by the Spirit of God, you have a biblical boldness and confidence about you. And you can't get that from the world. Do you know why right now uh, you hear about all the time uh, people attacking other people when they're at these protests or counter-protests or whatever else? You know why? Because they're shaking in their boots. They don't know what's going on. They're filled with fear and anxiety. And they're afraid of the other side, whoever the other side is. You know why I don't have to resort to physical violence to prove my point? You know why I don't care what you think? Because I know what God said about it. Um, You know, uh, (laughs) this last week or a couple weeks ago, we had people go out and pass out uh, tracts and leave them on doors. And I got a couple phone calls. You know what it makes me do? It makes me smile. (laughs) You go, you you don't get upset about it? Not a bit, man. I got a letter from one guy. Leave this blank off my door, you know. I thought, well, thanks for sending the track back. We can put it to good use, you know. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> uh, that stuff doesn't upset me. You know why they're upset? Because there's something in them that goes, you don't know where you're going. There's a, there's a spiritual issue there. There's a lack of confidence. There's an anxiety issue there. Uh, look at 1 Kings chapter 22. Do you know what, uh, what you're seeing play out? And, you know, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, the most uh, hateful people in the world are people that are religious zealots. And I believe communists are religious zealous. They're, they believe in humanism. They're still religious. They just believe man is God. All right. So, so when I say religious zealous, I don't just mean like you're on, I don't mean you're on fire for God. That's not what I mean by, by that at all. Uh, for an example of this, uh, and, 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 and a good example of trying to censor somebody else, whenever I find that someone's always going, oh, would you not say that? Oh, would you not say that? Oh, would you not say that? Why are you so worried about what someone else is saying? Unless you've got some anxiety issues with you and you because you don't know what you believe about it. Uh, look at 1 Kings chapter 22 and look if you would at verse number 19. Uh, you say, what is this? Well, what, what's going on here is you've got uh, uh, Micaiah who is prophesying the truth. He's the only one that's doing it. And as soon as he does uh, speak up, after they pull him out of prison, he didn't, by the way, he didn't ask for them to do this. 
They asked him to come out and preach the truth. So then he does, and you know what they do? The guy smacks him and says, which way did the Spirit of God go and leave me to go to you? First off, if you know the Spirit of God's in you, why are you smacking somebody? Why, why, do you, why are you getting so upset? Why are you so, like, you know, all jumpy and all nervous and all? That's why I've noticed when I get on certain subjects, and I can just tell people kind of, when you get like that, I know you're spending more time listening to stuff out there than you are in this book. There's no way that's the right response. And you get all weird and stuff. You know what that's from? That's from a different kind of spirit. Uh, you see, how do you, believe, how do you know that? Look at verse number 19. Uh, this is uh, what happens when they said, uh, hey, which way the Spirit of God go from me to you? Uh, look at verse, uh, well, I'm sorry, go, look at verse 18. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, did I not tell thee he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? Well, did you want truth or did you just want what was good? I mean, Nicodemus, you, the reason you're not receiving our witness is an emotional, it's a spiritual thing. Either you're going to receive their witness or our witness. You can't do both. Um, and sometimes you've got to make a decision. Whose witness are you going to receive? You know, I've had people leave our church, and, and, and it's an interesting, it's a weird thing. When people leave a Bible-living church, it's one thing when they've got their own emotional issues and they're struggling and they're down. Uh, that's co- a very different kind of issue than when someone leaves, and for the last six months, all they do is talk about how great their church is, and then they leave and they decide, okay, now I'm going to badmouth my church and tell everybody in the church how bad the church is. You know what your problem is? You don't have confidence that what you're doing is the right thing, so you want to convince as many of the people around you to justify what you're doing. That's what that is. That's not a confident spirit. Listen, uh, you know what I've never done? I've never stood from the pulpit and told you when so-and-so left, this is why they left. And let me tell you, you need to block them and they're a bad person. Is that the... Okay, (laughs) all right, just check. Uh, You know why I don't have to do that? Because Because I'm not worried about it. Because it's between them and the Lord. When you're confident about what you believe, you don't have to gossip. Listen to me very carefully and you don't have to slander, and you don't have to talk about people, and you don't have to put people down, and you don't have to do any of that stuff. You just made your decision, and you follow God, period, in a story. All right, look at verse, uh, uh, verse number 19. And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said to him, wherewith? In other words, how are you going to do that? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a, what are the next two words? In the mouth of all his prophets. Well, the majority said it doesn't mean it. The majority's usually got the thing wrong. (laughs) Because there's a spirit, there's the wrong kind of spirit leading the majority. (laughs) The wrong kind of spirit will make you angry at people that don't agree with you. You know why I don't care what you think? Because if I'm standing on the word of God, it doesn't matter what someone else says or thinks. When I'm walking in the spirit, now you know this from your own life. When you're walking in the spirit and you're led by the spirit, someone cuts you off in traffic, they give you the, the, you know, the one finger salute, all kinds of stuff going on. And you're just like, praise the Lord. It doesn't bother you at all. You know, and then when you're not walking in the spirit, you come to church and someone says, hey, how you doing? Why are you asking me? Right, like, like, two, what, what, same person, different spirit. Amen, amen, amen. So, so when you, when you're, when you're filled with the spirit of God, like Jesus Christ was, all right, you've got a, a boldness about you. Look at John chapter number one. John chapter one. Let me say this as well: that the apostles are the secondary uh, part of that statement. Now, 
primarily that's a reference to the Lord Himself, uh, our witness. But look at uh, John uh, chapter 1. John chapter 1. Well, let me, let me give you this in reference to the Lord, uh, just to kind of reinforce this. Let me, before I get to the disciples, forgive me. Look at John 1, look at verse 32. And John bear record. So that's John the Baptist giving record, giving testimony of Jesus Christ. So there's a secondary witness there, but look at verse 33. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Now look, if you would, at Matthew chapter number 3. We'll come back to John in a moment. Matthew chapter number 3. Again, talking about our witness, Matthew chapter number 3. Look at verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. There's the witness of the Spirit. All right, And lo, there, the Son is already there testifying of himself. Then the Spirit descends on him. There's the witness of the Spirit. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved what? So who's that? That's the Father. So the three in one are giving witness there. Then you have John bearing record of him as well. Uh, look, if you would, at 1 John chapter number 1. Let's look at, the, look at the witness of the disciples. The witness of the disciples. In other words, sometimes you've got to figure out which, where are you going to line yourself up? Who are you going to line with? What, what testimony are you going to receive? Uh, is it the witness of, of those uh, in the world or the witness from the Word of God? Is it the witness of a different kind of spirit or the witness from the Spirit of God? Uh, 1 John chapter 1, and look if you would at verse number 1. That which was from the beginning, not talking about the beginning in reference to the, the beginning of creation, Genesis 1, but the beginning of the gospel when Jesus was uh, manifesting himself. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked. Isn't it crazy that people write books about George Washington, they don't question it. People write books about Abraham Lincoln, they don't question it. People write books about Alexander the Great, they don't question it. Someone writes a book about Jesus Christ and says, we saw him, we were there, we were eyewitnesses, and they go, ah, it can't be true. You know why? Because there's something different about this. There's a spirit behind this book that the world spirit doesn't jive with. Uh, look, look, at, look what it says here. Which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested. We have seen it and bear what? Witness. And show unto you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested in us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. You say, what is that? That is the witness of the disciples. Look at uh, 1 John chapter 4, same book. 1 John chapter 4. Look at verse number 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Look at Acts chapter number 4. You know what you're seeing? That when, it's, when Jesus Christ says, you receive not our witness, in the moment, historically, it was a reference to God himself, the witness that God gave at the baptism of, of Jesus Christ, and the witness that God gave on the ministry and life of Jesus Christ, uh, but, but secondarily, it would be a reference to the apostles and the disciples also bearing witness of him. Uh, you know why you're saved right now? Because someone told you. You know, why someone, uh, you know why that person was saved? Someone told them. You know why that person was saved? Someone told them. Amen. <laughs> All right, look at Acts chapter 4 and look at verse number 
uh, 31. Acts chapter 4, verse number 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with what? And, and you know what they did? They rolled around the floor and barked like dogs, and they were foaming at the mouth. And Some of the things you would watch on TV would make you think that's what it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That is not what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, look what happens when they got filled with the Spirit. They spake the Word of God with what? You know what will make you bold for Jesus Christ when you're filled with the Spirit of God? How do you get filled with the Spirit of God? By reading this book, believing this book, taking it in and applying what it says to your life. And by doing that, you are submitting to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life. And when you allow that to happen, there's less of you, there's more of Him, and you are bold for Jesus Christ's sake. And you know there are times in your life when you're that way, and there's times when you're not. (laughs) And you know what the difference is? The difference is not that God has changed, it's us. Now, Jesus is drawing this out in this conversation with a religious man, a man who has not yet saved, a man who has uh, not yet been converted. And, and understandably so, the man could not yet be converted. You say, why? Jesus Christ hadn't died yet. Uh, however, we understand he's prophetically speaking about what, it, what he's going to have to do and submitting to salvation's plan. And so as he's talking to this man about this, he goes, look, uh, the reason that you uh, are not uh, believing this is not an intellectual problem. It's an emotional and spiritual issue. You are not receiving the witness, which means this. It's right there, but you have to submit to it. I want to ask you a question. How many things in your life are right there that you need to submit to in God's, in God's direction for your life? Think about it. Uh, go back to John chapter number 3. John chapter 3, we're going to look at verse number 12. And uh, brother, we'll go to the next slide if we would. John chapter 3 and verse number 12. John 3, verse number 12. This making sense so far? All right, look at verse number 12. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Now, I kind of want to outline something here for you. I want to outline two different things. There's a contrast between earthly and heavenly. I think you can see that in the verse. But also, notice notice this. You say, why is that important? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know what Jesus Christ is doing? He's talking about earthly things. How is he encapsulating these ideas? He's using words, and those words in your Bible are often referred to as things. Some of them are earthly. All right, you know what's an earthly thing? Who's going to win the presidency? And is Trump going to run again? And is DeSantis and Trump going to go at it? And, you know, will Biden fall down the stairs again? And will... I mean, that's where you're at. That's really where you're at today, the er earthly things. That's the earthly stuff. Uh, And you know what? If you're not careful, you get too caught up in all that stuff. And, you know, you get too caught up in, you know, the the shadow government, you know, and there's no way you're going to convince me that there's not other people behind the stuff that goes on out in public. There's got to be. There's no way that the government runs. I I believe that all all the conspiracy stuff, sure, sure, fine. But what's that going to do for your spiritual life? How's that going to make you walk with God any closer? Do you know about, you know, the, the one world got, you know, you know about the, you know, they're scanning people's Amazon. Yeah, I saw the thing the other day. The girl goes to the grocery store and she goes, look how convenient it is. And she scans her. Right, it's going on right now. They're testing it all out. Oh, oh, it's the mark of the beast. It's not the mark of the beast yet. It's not there yet because not the number of his name. There's no man associated with that yet. It's coming. We're close. Thank God we're close. What I'm getting at is this. A lot of this stuff, if you're not careful, you get wrapped up in earthly things. 
when the Lord's trying to get your mind on heavenly things, all right? Now, uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Here's another one, earthly things. I got a rebellious kid. I got a problem with my spouse. These are real issues. I'm not making light of them, all right? I've got, uh, uh, I've got a problem with my boss at work. You know what those are? They're earthly. And you know what? When you kick the bucket, they're not going to matter. You know what's going to matter? The things that you laid up in heaven for Jesus Christ. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You know why church is so good for you? It reminds you that earth is not all that you're living for. Now, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And notice the usage of the word things here. And notice what he's talking about. What are the things? Look at verse... uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number uh, 11. Verse, actually, go to verse 10. Uh, but God hath revealed them. You say, what's the them? Oh, we've got to go back to verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all what? Yea, the deep what? Things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man? Now, you guys got to help me out here. Don't make the teens, the three teenagers quoted up here and not help them out, okay? All right. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now, look at this. Now, we are received not in the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God, which things also we... Speak, not in the words. See, there, the things, you know what the things are? They're words. The things are words. So he says, look, I've given you, if I'm speaking about earthly things, you'd get it. But when I speak about heavenly things, you can't. You know why a lost person, when they read their Bible, can't understand the Bible? It's not because you need to make the Bible easier to understand. It's because there's a spirit that they don't have. Their spirit is dead. All right, And so the Spirit needs to come to life through the new birth, and the Holy Spirit must enter into them before they can understand the words of God. Look at verse number 14. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Right. So in other words, look, when he says, I speak to you, uh, if, I, if I give you earthly things, uh, you get it. Well, when I speak about heavenly things, you don't. You know why? Because these are man's words and these are god's words let me tell you something right now you don't need to make the bible easier to read for modern man you need to elevate where modern man is at we are on a downward slope right now in society you're not going to help people out let me ask you a question how is it helping our kids in school by dumbing down the test scores Well, since certain kids can't get it, we'll just take the honor classes away. How does that help the kids? You're not helping anybody. You're further victimizing a whole group of people. You're making it worse for everybody altogether. It's not right. Well, why would you do that with the Bible? So, so, So think about that. Jesus Christ is talking to this man about spiritual things. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Spiritual things. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, Look, if you would, at verse number 47. Verse number 47. I actually go to 37. Sorry, 37. We'll go to 47 in a moment. Uh, Verse 37. 
That which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain. It may chance of wheat or some other grain, but God giveth it a body. You say, what's he talking about? Well, look at verse 40. There are also celestial bodies. There's a heavenly body and bodies terrestrial. You've got an earthly body right now, but someday, thank God, you're going to get a heavenly body. Amen. Amen. So there's this contrast between earth and heaven, earth and heaven, earth and heaven, earth and heaven. Uh, The first and the last, the first and the last, the first and the last. Uh, Look, if you would, at... uh, Old verse number 47. The first man is of the what? He's earthy. The second man is the Lord from where? You see the contrast there? The contrast is between Adam and Jesus Christ. The lost man, the new man. The first man, the last man. Jesus Christ is called the last Adam in this passage. You say, why is that? Because he basically faces the same temptation in a garden, yet he doesn't uh, give in the temptation. He comes out flawless and sinless on the other side. He is the last Adam, and by doing that, he draws a contrast between the first man and the last one, the earthly and the heavenly. And so when Jesus Christ is addressing Nicodemus, he's trying to relate to him, look, what you're doing is natural, but I'm telling you right now, until the Spirit of God is involved, you're not going to get this. And you're not going to get this because you've received that witness over the witness of the Spirit of God. It's an emotional and spiritual response to God's truth that makes all the difference in the world. All right? And let me just say this. Even though I believe I'm speaking primarily to save people, uh, it's going to make all the difference in your life, even though you're already saved. How you respond to the Word of God will make... You go, I'm already saved, so I'll I'll be fine. I'll get it. Let, Let me say this right now. When you harden your heart to the Word of God... You open yourself up to other spiritual influences that are not of God. And when you allow that to happen, you go, oh, that can't happen. Look at Acts chapter number 5. Go to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Man, I need some water. Acts chapter 5. Look, if you would, at verse uh, uh, 2. And and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias... Now, let me just stop real quick, and let me explain something. Uh, To understand that Ananias and Sapphira are part of the church and thus are saved individuals, you'd have to go to the last chapter. And you know what you have in the last chapter? Look at uh, chapter 4 and look at verse 31. You read it earlier. You know who Ananias and Sapphira are part of? They're part of that group in verse 31. How do you go from verse 31 to chapter 5, verse number 3? Saved people, would you agree with that? How do you go from being filled with the Spirit of God to being filled with Satan in your heart? I'll tell you how. Thank you. I didn't even realize I said it out loud. That was kind of an awkward moment for me. I said it out loud, and thank you. I, okay, thank you very much. All right, appreciate that. Sorry, sorry guys. But, but look at chapter 5 and verse 3. Notice he says, Why has Satan filled thine heart? That's an emotional issue to lie to the Holy Ghost. Let me ask you, you know what a lot of fundamentalists will do? Well, then Ananias and Sapphira must not have been saved. The problem is when you read the context, it sure looks like they are. It sure appears that way. Acts chapter 4 would imply that they were. They were part of the church that was filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't get filled with the Holy Spirit today if you're lost. He that had the Spirit of God is, uh, he that had not the Spirit of God is none of his. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians. So either you got them or you don't. And according to the passage, they did. So you know what that shows me? You can go from being filled with the Spirit of God to being filled with the wrong spirit if you're not careful as a believer. 
Now, I'm not saying you lose your salvation. I don't believe that for a moment. They didn't lose their salvation, but they sure did lose some rewards. All right, you say, how? Well, by receiving another witness and listening to earthly things over heavenly things. Here's a question. Here's, here's one. How about the Lord tells you, I want you to tithe? And then you look at your checkbook and go, are you sure? And you got decisions to make. And you go, okay, do I do earthly things or heavenly things? Um, I, I got internet jockeys, uh, the nuggets of wisdom that they hold within themselves are so far beyond any Bible knowledge I could ever have. God help these people. Anyways, they'll get online and talk about tithing is, you know, old-fashioned and Old Testament. And they forget that tithing was around before the law. And they forget that, that giving, if you want to go that route, God blesses giving all throughout the entire Bible from beginning to end. Some things transcend tra- uh, dispensation. Let me give you one of those things. Male and female. That transcend. You don't have any problem with that, but when we talk about tithing, oh, that's Old Testament law. You haven't studied that out. And, and those that say that just regurgitate what they've heard online. The truth is there's some, there's some you say, what, you know what this is? The Spirit of God's going one way, and you're going this way. Amen. Amen. I've learned this a long time ago. You talk about people's money or their kids, and they get real sensitive. Yeah, I know, I know. So, Pastor, then why do you talk about it? Because it's part of what the Bible says we need to learn about. You need to learn how to raise your kids. And if you're not doing it right, take it up between you and the Lord. I'm not the authority on that, but I can tell you the Bible is. And when I speak on that, don't go. When I mention that you need to discipline your child, don't. Oh, what is he going to say? It's going to go online. Does he know? I know what's going online. And you know what? If I'm that worried about it, I'll tell the guy to turn it off. But I'll tell you, you need to hear how to raise your children because the Bible says it. And the Bible also talks about your money. Did you realize one out of every seven verses in the Bible have to do with money of some kind? You guys are getting real quiet on me all of a sudden. Talk about heavenly things, preacher. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. <laughs> well, how do you do that? One of the ways that you do that is you take earthly things that have no eternal value by themselves and you submit them to God. And by doing that, they become heavenly. Do you realize you were an earthly thing before the Holy Spirit of God got a hold of you? Yeah. Amen. Look at, go back to, I will, don't worry, we're moving on. We're moving on. John chapter number 3. John 3, we're going to look at one last thing. And uh, I've, I've got to at least start this because there's too much information to, to not do so. Uh, John chapter 3, look at verse number 13. John chapter 3, verse 13. And it says, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. We're going to explain it in, in its entirety what this verse means, all right? Uh, but it's talking about Jesus Christ and how no man has gone up to heaven by his own power. And he says, but he that came down from heaven. In other words, he's talking about himself in the third person. He says this, even the Son of Man, that's himself. But the last part of the verse is what throws a lot of people off. It says, which is in heaven. All right, so you know what some people do? They go, well, that, that shouldn't be there. So let me give you the Jehovah's Witness Bible. John 3, no, 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 that means it's called the New World Translation. John 3, uh, verse 13. No, moreover, no man has ascended in heaven, but he that descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Okay. John chapter 3, verse number 13 in the NIV. I forget which edition of the NIV this is. No one has ever gone into heaven. That's not even right. No one's ever gone into heaven. Satan went into heaven. He presented himself before the sons of God, before God in Job chapter number one. What do you mean no one's ever gone into heaven? This is garbage. 
No one's ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. I'm being more gentle because some of you couldn't ha- handle it. I've seen some preachers throw some of these things around the room, but I won't do it. John chapter 3, look if you would at verse 13. And yet, no, this is the, what is this, amplified. This could be 47 verses long at the end of, by the end of the thing. Uh, and yet no one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from heaven. No one's ever gone up to heaven? The Son of Man himself, who is, in parentheses, dwells, comma, has his home, parentheses closed, in heaven. And then at the bottom, it says some manuscripts add this phrase. No, 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 no. Some manuscripts take this phrase out. And if you don't believe me, I've got uh, Nestle's 27th uh, uh, Greek New Testament. I love when people say, oh, the Greek, the Greek, the Greek. Here's one. Here we got it right here. All right. And here's the phrase uh, that you're looking for. The phrase you're looking for, let me find it here, is ento orano. Ento orano. You say, what is that? In heaven. In heaven. All right. So they say some manuscripts add it. Well, let me tell you who has it. Here's verse number 13. The majority text. You know what that means? The majority of manuscripts have it. They would agree that that should be there. All right. Uh, the Syriac, uh, uh, C, P, and H. The Bahiric. Uh, there's a church father, Hippolytus, who uh, was a church father in Rome. From about 160 to 230, he lived. And that guy quoted in a sermon. Let me ask you a question. That's before the oldest and best Alexandrian manuscripts were around. The guy's quoting it before those manuscripts around. You know what that tells me? It was there to begin with. And so whenever someone tells you your King James Bible has things that aren't in there, don't believe that, that it's wrong and it shouldn't be there. And you know what they say? It just doesn't make sense. How could he be there and here and there at the same time? <gasps> How about this? He's God. Uh, look at uh, Ephesians chapter number 2. You know, I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'll move on. We're, we're about done. Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, look, if you would, at verse number. I get fired up because they trust your ignorance to try to snow you. Since you don't know the original languages, they try to snow you by saying, telling you things that aren't true. Uh, you know what they would, if they're honest, you know what they would say? It doesn't make sense to us. And if it doesn't make sense to us, we'll change it so it makes sense to us. I would respect that more than the oldest and best manuscripts don't have it in there. Because that's a complete lie. Look at Ephesians 2 and look at verse 6. Uh, you know what, when someone says, how could this be, how could Jesus Christ be in two places at once? Do you realize you're sitting here right now, Brother Tim, but you're sitting up there too? You know that, Brother Eric? You're seated in heavenly places right now, and yet you're here right now. You say, how? Because you're in Christ. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 6, and hath raised us up together and made us, present tense, sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know why? Because as far as God is concerned, your soul is as good as being there because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And if that's the case for you, why couldn't it be the case for Jesus Christ? All right? No man hath ascended up into heaven, but the Son of Man, uh, 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 but he which came down from him, the Son of Man, which is in heaven. That's the right reading. Amen, amen, amen. We'll stop there. Let's all stand. Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God this morning. And uh, Lord, uh, so much we can glean out of this. Lord, uh, how to accept truth, how to line up with your spirit, not the world's spirit, Lord, to receive what you say is right, and Lord, discard that which goes against what you say, Lord, and uh, God, help us to, our, our, our emotions and our heart, 
Lord, to be in check, to be submitted to your spirit, not just all over the place. We ask for that. We need your help with that. God, I pray that you would bless the word of God as it's been taught. Lord, I surely do not have all the answers, but that you do, and you've given them to us, Lord, in your word, and I pray you'd help us to dig. And Lord, I do thank you for the Sunday School Hour and what it allows us to do, uh, go verse by verse in your word. Lord, we love you. We ask your blessing on the next hour as well. In Jesus' name, amen.